When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for the episode on the 75th anniversary of the Beverage Report. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope, and I'm with Progress Director Richard Angel to look through some of the reactions to this week's show. So this week we had welfare state historian Nicholas Timmins on the show and I tweeted out an amazing fact that he said on it, which was that the beverage report was dropped behind Nazi lines as ally propaganda during the war. I got a response to that from former MEP Michael Hindley, who said perhaps it should be recirculated in the Tory party now. Which uh, <laughs> I think that's a very good point. I think one of the things that was remarkable about what our resident guru Nicholas Timmins said uh, in the last show was about I had the same analysis as Luciana's piece. It was in the magazine that, you know, Beveridge was so focused on getting rid of soup kitchens and so proud to have seen essentially in his lifetime that real achievement off the back of his report that to see that replaced with food banks, which are largely, uh, certainly as a kind of mass phenomenon, a creation of this Tory government and George Osborne's welfare cuts. I think that is a really timely reminder that maybe the Tories should be the people reflecting on 75 years of beverage rather than just Labour. And Michael Hindley, actually, I know is a, he's a former MEP up in the North West, has always been quite on the left of the Labour Party. So I was really pleased to actually see people clearly from across the party who are responding to stuff that we put out on the podcast, and especially stuff about the, the welfare state in the beverage report. Utley's government, is, I know, is something that everyone across the whole of the Labour Party takes real pride in. And so it's great to kind of actually be able to really intellectually interrogate some of the ideas there without getting into any sorts of like you know and it's nice isn't it because we wanted to do this podcast one to speak to some of our faithful and because ultimately progress is about a battle of ideas we believe in renewing those ideas of the center left we want to take as many of our people on that journey not least because that's what excites us that's what gets out of bed we are slightly different from the other groups on the left where you know, sadly, party meetings aren't the most exciting parts of our month. We go to them because we know it's the right thing to do. But it is the ideas, the events that we are really engaged in. That's why we're social democrats in the Labour Party and want to make sure that we can implement those clause four values 
in the country. But obviously, it is really great that we're finding that people who are long-standing Labour are engaging with those ideas, and our tent is broader than ever. So one of the things that I found that's really positive is that people who are joining the Labour Party post-2017 are doing so because they really hate the Tories, want to take that final push to get Labour into government. They then are looking around for what it means to be Labour and are finding this podcast and other things that Progress is doing to educate themselves politically about the plight of the centre-left, what the great ideas are and how we change this country for the better. So it's really good that people from all areas of the Labour Party are tuning in. We also had feedback from Bren Tierney, who recommended Chris Renwick's Bread for All, The Origin of the Welfare State. For anyone who wants to do further reading on the subject of beverage at 75, we've obviously got to plug Nick's book, The Five Giants Again. I think it was genuinely one of Alison's favourite books. I think she described it as a Bible in yeah, her house. Yeah, she, she was very excited to have her picture taken with Nicholas Timmons after the, we recorded the podcast earlier in the week. And yeah, The Five Giants has just been updated again for the 75th anniversary of the beverage report people also really taken with um, your suggestion that james bond film skyfall was in fact a home alone sequel it is a home alone <laughs> sequel he literally like drives there takes the enemy and uses the house to like defeat them and it's very snowy i think isn't it i seem it, to recall it's certainly it's um, cold in scotland but john ashmore from politics home said it's a bond film and a home alone film and some of it is even set in turkey right <laughs> Martin Hoskitch said that On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the only true 007 Christmas film. It has snow, a Christmas-based plot, and it was released in, in December. So I'm afraid he doesn't quite agree with you there. We do have some questions from readers. James Austin asks, how can Labour more effectively correct with Northern working-class voters? So, Connor, as our resident Northerner... A, a, nice, a nice light question to start not, us yeah, off exactly. there. Um, not that we're demob happy for Christmas. We're engaging with all the big issues. No, <laughs> absolutely. So I recently... Um, um, I went to see Labour of Love, which I know you saw quite a while ago, the James mm. Graham play on in the West End. Obviously, it is terribly metropolitan liberal elite of me to go, how do we solve the northern working class issue with the Labour Party? And go, well, I saw a play in London. <laughs> that <laughs> so West End ago. show is really but, the route to reconnect. But, but obviously, that is set in the kind of North Midlands, and it's unclear at the end. I hope I'm not spoiling this for you, but it's unclear at the end whether the MP has kept his seat or not. And it's obviously analogous to both places like Ashfield, where Gloria Di Piero's majority went down this summer, but also places like Mansfield, which we lost for the first time ever, and North East Derbyshire as well, which was a surprising loss. So actually, I do think it, it really is important <coughs> to recognise the fact that there are lots of places where even though Labour's vote did go up enormously across the country, we are going backwards in some places. And I think if anyone watched that BBC documentary a few weeks ago which followed some MPs around the country in the run-up to the general election and then the summer afterwards. Actually I think the first 20 minutes or so of that actually showed that all of the stuff that we had been saying before the election, our concerns about connecting with voters was not made up, it wasn't dreamed up in some office in central London it was true, it was based on conversations that were being had with real people and I went to lots of constituencies around the northwest, especially during the election. But it was by no means, you know, just consigned to places like that, where you would knock on doors and people had been voting Labour their entire lives and were really unhappy with the party at the moment. And, you know, perhaps what we saw towards the tail end of the election campaign was a lot of them swing back and go, I'm actually, I can't vote against the Labour Party. I can't vote, certainly, for a Tory party like this. But that doesn't mean that all of their concerns about what the party was in May this year disappeared in June. And so 
I don't know what... And the election doesn't wipe away the fact we lost Copeland at the beginning of the year, a seat we've held since 1935, and of course didn't win back in that general election. Absolutely. And I think obviously there are lots of competing issues about why people are so concerned. But I think economic security is always going to be number one. I think believing that the Labour Party cares about the defence of this country is also enormously an issue. I think actually we went some way to addressing that during the campaign after some of the awful things that happened in terms of talking about the salaries of police and first responders and that sort of thing. But I think there's a lot more that we need to do on that. Personally, I think that I know a lot is made about the Brexit divide, but I do think that if we took a really strong stance on things like the single market and the customs union, that is a really good way to actually really make out that we care about economic security. And we're going to put that first and foremost in what everyone in the top of the Labour leadership likes to call um, a jobs first Brexit. I think that is the closest you can get to that. We had a few questions from Heather Mendrick. Have you solved the North now? Yeah, I'm You've done. done, done. done yeah, yeah. So go to see a play in London. Yes. And don't worry about Brexit. <laughs> in, in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> and Heather... speak with a Northern accent. <laughs> Connor rehearses his Northern accent regularly in the office. <laughs> All right. Heather Mendrick uh, <laughs> asked um, quite a few questions, about seven. We'll try and fly through them. We really don't have much time. But she wanted to know how many members does Progress have? Well, with all these things, with people who want to ask questions about Progress, is most of them are on our website. And what it could probably do with a spruce up, it is all there. We are the most transparent group on the left. We continually, every year, get our A rating for transparency. So if you just go on about Progress, you can find these things. On the 1st of September this year, we published the amount which was 3,008 members which is the highest membership we've ever had and yeah we do that every year as one of our commitments to transparency and people can go and find it. Cool I'll run through the other questions and you can try and rattle through them once I've done so. How do you decide who to endorse for the NEC? How do you, These are all aimed at progress rather than any sort of kind of larger Labour body. How do you decide who to endorse for the NEC? How do you explain Labour's 2017 general election gains? Who would you like to see leading the Labour Party? What changes would you like to see via the Democracy Review? So let's just take some of those very quickly. Who decides who does the NEC? The Progress Strategy Board. We elect four councillors, four MPs, straight parliamentarians, four members plus two young members to a strategy board every two years. They then meet, decide who they wish to endorse. So it's fully democratic, open, and all of our members can be involved. And you can only vote in the elections if you are a Labour Party member and have joined Progress. How do we explain the 2017 general election result? Firstly, that the manifesto was a alliance of economic security and national security, the best, if you will, of Jeremy Corbyn and Tom Watson. And that was an important way of going to the country about how we can try to deal with the various ills. I think it avoided the biggest question of the day on Brexit and therefore rode both horses at a time in which the Tories offered a pretty bad and bleak hard Brexit. So people saw the best of what they wanted to see and ignored what they didn't like on the other side in it. And quite frankly, that Theresa May called an unnecessary election that she refused to turn up for. She showed her arrogance at every stage, published a voter repellent manifesto, had to change it and then denied it had been changed. And I think a combination of those factors really, really peeved people and young people turned out in their droves to stop a hard Brexit in this country. Who would I like to lead the Labour Party? Somebody who is not content with coming second, does not take victory laps at the prospect of doing so. And rather than 
keep predicting an election every five minutes. Focus is on having a manifesto that will not just win us votes, but can mean we can run the country well. And what would I like to say at the box with you? I'm going to really keep this one short because I know that you could go on all day about this. Basic things. I would probably move to regionalising the members' places on the National Executive Committee. I think that would be a really good thing. Uh, Make the National Policy Forum more transparent, more inclusive in its nature and try and focus our CLPs out on collecting for food banks, changing our communities and running campaigns rather than arduous meetings that go on and on and on forever. Excellent. So what's the next question, I think? Emma Burnell asked, can we get Connor Pope to do his Christmas Barry White impression? Come on. So, so the, the, the background to this is that Robbie Young from the National Union of Students, who's a regular listener to the podcast. And um, a fan of Connor Pope. He said that I had a lovely podcast voice uh, and I glibly joked that I was the centrist Barry White, which is where this has come from. Come on. I don't think I've ever done a Barry White impression before. But, you know, presumably a centrist Barry White would be like, oh, you know, early years funding for education, baby, yeah. <laughs> is that is that good? Is that is that what we want? Something like that, I imagine, would be what... <laughs> I do not want to think how excited <laughs> Robbie Young will be right now. Unfortunately, I think there may be more Connor Pope impressions to come <laughs> over the Christmas period. Not that we've pre-recorded any of the other episodes, but if that was the kind of thing that you enjoy, then good, because there's loads of it to come. <laughs> <laughs> loads of it to come. Uh, we've had a review on iTunes. There was a, an iTunes review from Creator of Needles. He said the podcast is detailed and compelling. Regardless of political persuasion, I'm learning something new each episode. Send that man or woman a mug. Is that so? We're giving out the, yeah. the, the, the mug for best review to Creator of Needles this week. Thank you very much. So, we've got to give out the prize for our political pub quiz question. What did you ask this week, Connor? Um, so, I asked which American state is partly on the same latitude as Poland, with the clue being that it voted Democrat in 2016. Despite that clue, a number of people did guess Alaska anyway, which I think is a fairly strong Republican stronghold. The correct answer is actually... Uh, I Minis- can see Russia from their window. <laughs> the correct answer was Minnesota, which unfortunately no one got. But there's a little bit, when you look at an American map, it's all really flat across the top. And then there's a tiny little, like a little elf's hat if you will, <laughs> into <laughs> on, Canada. On, on, on Minnesota, into Canada. And that is the bit that shares its latitude <laughs> with Poland. This was our last show before Christmas. We've got Christmas jumpers on in the office special. I'm, I've got a, a hat shaped like a turkey, unfortunately, that I'm being forced to wear. Um, he loves it. Richard, you're off on holiday for a few days. Oh, yeah. um, I've got a wedding to go to over the next few days, so I'm very excited You're a page boy. I'm sadly not a page boy. I'm doing oh. a reading, though. Oh, that's nice. But we will be back. Progressive Britain will be back on Boxing Day. We've got Aisha Hazarika with us for that episode. That is really exciting. That is going to be great. You don't want to miss that. And next Friday, we'll be back. And on January 2nd, we'll be back. And then after that, we're into the new year and we'll be properly back doing the episodes that you recognise. If you want to give us the best Christmas present possible, you could subscribe, write and leave a review. That'd be a nice Christmas present. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? And that means other people can hear the podcast because the more you subscribe, the more you rate, the more you review, the more people who aren't already listening get to listen. So they get a little Christmas present. Obviously, we read your comments and recommendations out on the review show every Friday. So if you want to hear Richard do an impression, do send that in as well. (laughs) He's so rude. From us at Progressive Britain, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.